This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Assalamualaikum, hello, Allah, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Now, in the second hour from 11 a.m. on today's show, we have a special interview with conservation legend Dr. Jane Goodall. But first, our relationship expert, Dr. Sheet Algini, is back. And today, uh, we're going to be revealing the most important ingredient in a lasting relationship. Is it intimacy? Is it good communication? Is it common interest? Well, the answer might surprise you. That's coming up next here on Life Beats on Pulse. 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. It is Life Beats on Pulse 95. Now, uh, we are so glad to have back with us our relationship expert, Dr. Sheetal Keeney. Good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So good to have you. Now, last time you were on, Mm -hmm. uh, it was such a great topic. There was so much reaction to it. We explored the top four behaviors to look out for in any marriage Mm -hmm. Uh, that can predict divorce up to 94%. Do you remember that? Oh, boy, yes. (laughs) One of my favorite topics to speak about, really. (laughs) Right? Yes. Um, That was amazing. And uh, in, in case you missed it, that is up on podcast on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes, Apple Podcasts as well. Under Life Beats, it is there with Dr. Sheetel. Um, amazing. I think we're going to have to post that one up again. Um, but th- what we're talking about today is kind of the flip side mm-hmm. of all of that. Yes. What makes for a lasting relationship? What is that one particular ingredient that makes for a lasting relationship? You know, what's interesting is that um, I think I spoke about this prior to the four communication behaviors um, about the fact that there are nine main components to what makes a relationship successful. And, you know, when there are nine components, it just it feels tedious. It feels like, yeah, there are a lot of moving parts and everyone wants to know what is the most important one. And um, I think, you know, we were discussing this prior to this, that there there was an article, lots of articles that come up on, yes, this is important, that is important. But what is the theme that kind of really captures all of it? And I think it's safe to say that theme is generosity. Do you know, that's interesting because uh, actually there have been uh, studies done about this. Uh, researchers from the University of Virginia asked 3,000 men and women what the most important quality in a marriage is. This was back in 2006. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were expecting answers like being intimate a lot, right. you know, having that good communication. We, we put out a little bit of a, a, a poll online and that was one that came up a lot. People thought it must be good communication or common interests, right? Right. Um, but actually, a lot of these responders said generosity. Yes, absolutely. Because when you think about generosity, I guess typically people would think maybe money or time. Exactly. What does that even mean? What do you mean by generosity? Um, uh, you know, it, it's such a it's such a broad term. Absolutely. So what do we mean by that? And when are we being generous? When are we not being generous? So I think there are so many facets to this generosity. Um, obviously, there is generosity of time with each other, which is maybe covering the aspect of 
you know, common interests and doing things together. And of course, that's important. Um, there is generosity of, um, you know, doing things in, in financial ways and giving in that way. But um, there's so much more to generosity in terms of kindness, in terms of giving each other chances, giving each other the benefit of doubt, um, giving each other forgiveness, um, giving each other um, really the space to let the other person be who they want to be in this relationship. Right. Right, right, exactly. It can take on so many different forms and, and we want to explore those with you, Dr. Sheetal. Um, what's interesting about the whole idea of generosity is uh, there has been research to say that some people are just born genetically more generous than others. Um, however, you can actually, uh, you can train yourself to become more generous if that's not your nature. Yes, I think I'm sure there's a lot of debate over, you know, nature versus nurture and whether, you know, you have a generosity gene and you just end up being that way. I think it's a tricky one, honestly, because sometimes people get in the habit of giving, but for the wrong reasons, mm. in the sense people may be um, hardwired because of their experiences early on in life that, you know, my role is to give and I, I don't deserve to receive and that kind of can turn into you know a pattern in a relationship where you end up becoming resentful mm. because of how much you have given in a relationship so i think it's it's very important to make that point as well that for those of you who are listening who feel like well i give and i give and i give and you know what has that gotten me um it's important that you're not doing it from that perspective of a one-sided relationship. Right. And it's just kind of, you know, self-sacrifice and you're just giving until it hurts. Exactly. Exactly. It's very contextual. And you do need to be in a relationship where both parties are on the same page about this. Mm. So I wouldn't say that um, it's necessarily whether you are or you're not. I think it's understanding why you are generous. What are you doing it for? Why? Understand your why. Why yes. are you doing it? What's interesting here, though, is what if you feel like you're the one who's giving a lot, but your partner isn't, and you feel like, well, they could just be doing so much more? Well, a lot of times in my experience with couples, I have, you know, there's always one person who feels like they're giving more. Um, and the thing is that, well, for some people, they give more, but they're, they never quite feel comfortable confronting the partner and asking, why are you not giving me back? What is this really about? So instead, what they do is they give a lot and then they criticize a lot. So it's literally like taking two steps ahead and 10 steps back. So the partner doesn't really take it in either. They don't see that, oh, this person is giving me so much because all they register is that you're just constantly criticizing me. Why would I want to give you back? Exactly. So how do you turn that around then and, and just you know, not only be giving yourself, but be open to, you know, helping your partner understand what your needs are without criticism. So I think there are a couple of things here. One is your own individual factors. So in your life, if you have even outside of this relationship felt like you tend to be a giver, you tend to not be able to ask for what you want, you can't prioritize your own needs. That is something for you to really reflect on and think about. Because if you do this in your romantic relationship, chances are you probably do it in other relationships as well. Um, so, you know, if it's too lopsided, 
and it's too one way. You need to address that. That's one. The second thing is with the relationship. I think that's where generosity of communication and generosity of vulnerability comes in. You need to be able to give your vulnerability to your partner and tell them that, you know, when I keep overdoing things, when I give a lot, it's because I can't really ask for what I need, and so I just give until I I get something back from you. I never、They're、quite、waiting. ask. I'm waiting. Yes, I'm waiting, and because I can't tell you what I need, I get critical of you. How many of us actually have that honest conversation? Uh, uh, that would be a really difficult conversation to have, I imagine. Yes, because we're we're, we're we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to really put ourselves out there and then risk the rejection. Because imagine how awful would it be if I were to say to my partner, "I've been giving and giving and giving, and mainly because I don't feel comfortable asking for anything." And then my partner says, "Really? You've been giving? Like what?" <laughs> you know, that kind of rejection would just right. It, it, the fear of that rejection is what keeps people from giving their vulnerabilities to their partner.、Mm. Oh my gosh, that's um that's a difficult conversation to have, and I want to come back in just a moment and kind of、um, talk a little bit more、uh, about that、um, because I think you've raised a really important point about having that conversation in terms of、um, understanding that、uh, you are putting your part in the relationship and how do you have that conversation where you feel like your partner is not giving equally. Um, so we're going to continue that conversation next with Dr. Shi Talkini on Life Beats on Pulse ninety five. This is Pulse ninety five. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse ninety five. Coming back to the conversation with Dr. Sheetal Kini,、uh, all about that most important ingredient in a relationship, which is generosity, and how does that take shape? Within a relationship, we、uh, left off talking about、uh, what happens when one partner feels like they are being generous and giving to、uh, their spouse,、uh, but the other isn't、uh, showing that same generosity back. Let's say,、uh, and that's where we left off, Doctor Shito. Yes, exactly. And、um, just to kind of complete that train of thought, a lot of times when the relationship is feeling one-sided. It could be that your generosity is not being received the way you think you're giving it. So I think we we just briefly discussed this.、Um, the idea of one partner letting things go and thinking, you know, I'm being generous. I'm not holding on to things. I'm I'm sort of, you know, letting this go and letting that go. And and you know, see how like I just you know so many times I let you win, and that's me being generous.、Um, But over a period of time, after you can't take it anymore, you have a big frustration, a big burst, a big lash out, and explosion. Explosion, exactly. And then you know you sort of end up feeling like I gave up so much for you, or I give, I, you know, I let things go on a daily basis, and I never say anything to you. And what do you have for me in return?、Mm. Um, and in this case specifically, that is not being generous because. You aren't doing your partner any favors by holding on to the stuff internally. Actually, being generous would be to sit down and discuss it,、um, because you're being generous in the sense that you're giving your partner a chance to rectify this mistake. And you actually、uh, say that you need to have two times within the week where you have to schedule that in for two different purposes. Tell us more. Yes. So this comes under the category of generosity of time. 
Um, and really, I know that lives get so busy and it's really difficult to uh, make that count, the time that you spend together. So uh, almost prescriptively, I tell my couples to make time twice a week, um, once in the middle of the week, say on a Tuesday. I don't, it doesn't have to be Tuesday, but somewhere in the middle of the week. Um, and at that point, you, you really protect this time to discuss um, anything that has gone on in the week that may have led to a misunderstanding, if there were any hurt feelings, you know, were we on the same page this week? Did we disconnect? Um, you know, is there something we were unable to say to each other? And really have that state of the union meeting, as Dr. John Gottman calls it, um, to be able to discuss all your issues and let that not be anything else but that. At the same point, you have, say, a weekend date where you have protected time. And that is for you to celebrate your relationship, for you to connect, do something fun, go on a date and no issues are brought up on that day. So usually people have one date night and then, you know, one partner has the expectation that we're going to be connecting. This is going to be romantic. And the other partner starts, you know, like putting up the, the laundry list of issues. You know, we, we have to talk about this, this and this. <laughs> and so really keeping it separate um, has has shown to work amazingly. Because oftentimes you haven't seen them during the week. You know, Absolutely. if you're both working, if you're both uh, you've got kids to take care of, you're working, you're doing all kinds of things, you hardly get to spend time and see each other anyway. So imagine on that date night, you, you, you're pulling out <laughs> the laundry list of, well, you know what? When when you did that, I really wasn't very happy. Yes, um, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I can just imagine, though, the state of the union not going so great and then... Um, and then, and then date night isn't going to be so great either. So how you do that, I mean, okay, it's really, it's easier said than done to kind of put the issues out there. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, because I, I imagine that um, the men won't mm -hmm. be so receptive to openly sharing and saying, you know, whatever is on their mind. They'd just be like, I just want to be left alone and I don't really want to talk about it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not to sort of make stereotypical assumptions. However, it is true. I think even statistically, this is a stat from the States, uh, so I don't know about the UAE, but I think about 82% of the time, women are the ones who bring up problems in a relationship, which is quite significant. See? Um, yes. <laughs> and uh, I think there is a difference in the way that men and women are socialized with regard to emotional expression and emotional regulation right so a lot of times men may deal by you know kind of compartmentalizing and pushing those difficult feelings away um suppressing them maybe even sometimes and um kind of going on you know they just have to kind of the show must go on work goes on life goes on um, just pushing through it exactly and technically speaking for some reason neurochemistry i actually don't know the details on this but women tend to ruminate more so it kind of keeps on, you know, the, the thoughts keep turning and uh, it does actually make it difficult for the woman to to suppress it. Although I have in, in my work seen a lot of female clients do it, too. Um, but this is where the generosity of vulnerability and, and time to, to really give space for these uncomfortable feelings and discuss them is so important. And I get it. It won't work if one person is on board and the other person isn't. So really, before you even get into it, to really have a chat and say, you know what? I think that as much as we hate doing this and as much as it's uncomfortable, 
Can we please start with 20 minutes? Right. And then we build up. You know, normally I say, put aside an hour and a half. Now, something that may help the the male folk, so to speak, in, in you know, the kind of example you gave me, is that if you don't keep a long list backed up, then that, that State of the Union meeting is not going to be, you know, one fight after the other. If you have cleared your backlog, so to speak, and you are being honest on a more regular basis, that meeting won't have to be so bad. Yeah. Maybe the first couple of meetings, you know, there's a lot of backlog of stuff that hasn't been spoken about, but yeah. exactly. it gets okay. It gets better. It gets better. And that's the whole idea that, um, you know, if you're not used to something, this is um, important, we'll, we'll continue that conversation next. Uh, but to say that if you are not... Uh, comfortable with doing something like having that conversation that is central to good communication yes. to be generous enough to give that time and to open yourself up to it open yourself up so we're going to continue the conversation with dr she tell next uh and talk further about forgiveness cultivating generosity uh as a, a practice uh, to give your partner the benefit of the doubt that is really important as well and uh how generosity can help you achieve better intimacy in your relationship that's all next on life beats on pulse 95 this is pulse 95 you're listening to the life beats podcast life beats life beats with sally musa only on pulse 95 dr sheetal keeney is here and we are talking the most important ingredient uh, for a lasting relationship uh, which is generosity in all of the different ways that we can uh, show that the ways that it can manifest within a relationship and uh, one of uh, the most important ones dr sheetal is giving your partner the benefit of the doubt this is a big one this is probably one of the hardest ones um, to keep cultivating and to keep having in your relationship. You know, um, I spoke about this a while ago. This um, comes from the research from Dr. John Gottman about the components that um, really make a relationship successful. And I, I won't go into all of it, but I need to talk about the foundational um, steps that lead to a really good relationship. And it's the friendship system of the marriage. And we talk about the friendship system of the marriage. There are things that you can do that kind of um, build credit, so to speak, positive credit. With You've each got other. a bank. You've got a bank, a- which is your relationship. Exactly. You want to be inputting credit as Absolutely. much as possible. Absolutely. So the the first way of of inputting credit is to um, build and to really solidify and understand your partner's love map. So a love map is, um, you know, understanding how to navigate just as a map would do your partner's internal world. What are their likes? What are their dislikes? What are they passionate about? What are they worried about? You know, what really stresses them? Um, what are some of their fears? What are some of their insecurities? What are their triggers? Um, what are their dreams? And the thing is, this is something that we do a lot of in the beginning of the relationship in the getting to know phase, which comes naturally. But we after, just, we can't get enough of we them. We can't get enough of them. We can't it's, get enough. Just keep talking. Yeah. I just want to listen. <laughs> so fascinating. <Yes. laughs> but then over a period of time, we're like, all right, I know who you are. Let's move on. You know, right. But over, over a 10 year marriage or a five year marriage or even a three year marriage, you keep 
you not not that you just change as individuals, but what's going on in your life changes. And how you feel about things changes. So um, really updating that map constantly and giving time to that is is one way of building credit. The second one is um, sharing fondness and admiration towards your partner. Again, thinking back to the beginning of the relationship, I can't stop telling you how much I love the way your hair falls on your forehead and you know how sweet and thoughtful you are when you did this for me. And oh, you 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 always think about the best for me. And you know, you're not only feeling these positive feelings, you're sharing them, you know, and you you never quite think to yourself, I don't have to tell you that I love you. You should know this by now. You don't do that in the beginning of the relationship. You don't take a chance that this person may not know how I feel. You do not take them for granted. So in sharing this is positive, um, you know, feedback towards your partner, um, over a period of time, sometimes we replace it with negative feedback, right? Complaints, criticisms, contempt. So there's a ratio to maintain positive to negative. You think to yourself, oh, they already know how much I love them. Yeah. You know, that, that they know that bit. However, they need to know that they need to pick up their socks off the floor. <laughs> you remember the socks off the floor example. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then like that starts creeping in. Yeah. And again, it's like, I, I I do so much for you. You know, I take care of this and this and this and this. I shouldn't have to then tell you that I love you. Come on. You know, you should get that by now. So really making sure that you are expressing and, you know, really giving your your internal state of mind to them and letting them know how much you really care about them. So um, for every negative feedback you give them, there needs to be five times more positive feedback. So that is a ratio to maintain. It's five to one, positive to negative. So that's, again, the way you build credit. And the last one is turning towards each other. So, you know, we and again, thinking about when we when we start the relationship, there's just a lot of hope. Usually there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of natural um, inherent trust that you know this person is good to me they mean well I can go to them with my biggest concerns and when I'm really upset and I can go to them when I have my biggest celebration and I'm super happy this is my person I turn to but the thing is in your day-to-day life um, when we turn toward each when we when we kind of make bids for interaction for you know affection for engagement and we get turned down in, in the simplest of ways. It's small rejections that build up. It's the small rejections. I mean, literally, I can tell you, I had a couple fight in front of me because it really started with the the guy trying to get, you know, the, the woman's attention. And she was on her phone. She was just checking something and he just lost it. And I said, I'm sure this is not about the fact that she just didn't listen to you. And it's no, he's like, no, I just feel invisible. It's whenever I want to bring something up, there's something else. You know, you're lost in your thoughts or you're on your phone or you're talking to someone else or you just change the topic. So these are ways in which we turn away from our partners and make our partners feel invisible or not as important. But then again, it feels childish to complain about something like that. So no one says anything. So really, when you make good credit with your partner by investing in building this map by sharing fondness and admiration by responding to each other's bids by turning toward each other and really showing that i'm listening i'm here i'm present i'm not in my head somewhere um this is how you build credit and if you've done enough of this 
even if you have one big fight, you have enough in a surplus that, you know, you make a big withdrawal, but you're still you're still sitting pretty. You're still in the positive. It counteracts exactly. the, the effects of that. Exactly. exactly. And that kind of that helps you cultivate that generosity of the benefit of the doubt, because you see that this person actually, you know, is um, investing in me, mm. really cares about my interest, is really there for me. Yeah, exactly. That's part of the generosity in terms of um, feeling seen feeling like you are seen, that you're being heard, uh, even if you are saying what you've been saying for years and years. Some of us are going to be married for 15 years soon. Um, <laughs> and sometimes, you know, you, you do have to get to that point where um, you're still listening and you're still aware and you're still there and you uh, don't let things like phones. It is just so easy. It is, yeah. like you said, it sounds really dumb, but actually we all do it and we don't realize. And sometimes you forget and you don't have that self-awareness yeah. of, you know, you're thinking to yourself, oh, but I'm just checking this email. It's really important. I've got a presentation tomorrow. Exactly. I've got to be up to date. Well, no, actually, wait, stop. You can stop that for a minute and just be present and be there with your partner or your kids. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this for anyone who does this, you know, your phone's in front of you and you're looking at your phone and you say, um, my ears are here. I don't need to. I don't need to look at you to listen to you. Oh boy, could you be wrong? <laughs> Psychologically, as human beings, if someone is not making eye contact with us, we immediately feel unimportant. Let that sink in right there. If you are not making eye contact, if you're like, oh, it's okay. I, I'm just looking at this, but I'm listening to you. It's fine. You're not. You're mm. not. Uh, it's. Yeah, such a great point. Such a great point. We're going to come back in just a moment with Dr. Sheetal, uh talking all things uh, relationships. More next on Life Beats on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse95. 95. Dr. Sheetal Keeney is here and uh, we're talking all things relationships and generosity and how important it is to uh, to keep that up over time as our relationships hopefully get longer <laughs> yes. uh, and prosper over time. Uh, it can get more difficult and, and it, you don't want that sameness kind of to sink in and to kind of uh, start thinking, I know this person, you know, it's it's fine. Uh, I don't need to give them that attention, but actually you need, we need to be reminding ourselves to keep being generous with our time, with our attention and giving that up. Because like you said, Dr. Sheetal, um, you're changing, your partner is changing and you need to keep listening out for that and Absolutely. what's going on. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, something I want to ask you though yes. is, um, is it, you know, it, it all of this sounds fantastic and great when you're, you know, in a relationship where there is that give and take. And, uh, but as a, a, a couples therapist, mm -hmm. um, is it ever too late for a couple to come in and to seek help? So I'll start by saying that the earlier the better, right? I mean, it's it's always good to prevent further damage. Although in my work, I have seen couples that have come in um, quite late in the process. And what's really amazing to see is that with some couples that I really didn't think would make it, what really differentiated between the couples that did make it and the couples that didn't was whether or not they had the generosity, so to speak, to give each other one more chance. Because 
actually have worked with couples who've been five years in, three years in, not even that long, and they call it quits. You know, no amount of therapy really at the end of the day could work if the individual himself or herself is not willing to give that other person one more chance. And so it actually, I can never say that your relationship is unfixable because if you really want to give each other that one more chance and truly mean it, because sometimes people come in to say that, I just want to say to myself, I've done everything I can. And that's why they give the other person a so-called chance, but it's not real. Um, but if you can really be vulnerable again, if you can really have that benefit of the doubt one more time, it's possible. Um, I will add a caveat that a lot of times, you know, um, the relationship has suffered because one partner has had a lot of emotional difficulties, maybe some uh, mental health illnesses. Maybe there has been a lot of violent abuse in the relationship. And um, even in those cases, I mean, it would take years of individual therapy for both parties, you know, the, the the party who has been abused would would have a lot of trauma and would have to go through individual therapy to overcome that trauma. The person who was the perpetrator of the violence would or the violence, sexu- uh, you know, emotionally or um, physically or any of that, they would have to go through intensive therapy for that. And it would be a lot of yeah. work. This would be a, a very different case. It would be. But again, not impossible. Wow. If the two people really want to be together and really want to give each other that chance and are willing to put in the work, it's not too late. There's a chance for everybody to kind of to, to fix it and to to be there for each other. So um, I think uh, definitely on that note, um, just to, to kind of sum up everything that we've <laughs> talked about today, your final words, Dr. Sheetal. You know, I think that being in a relationship takes a lot out of you and it is the it's not just the giving in the beginning but it's the constant giving giving in terms of your time giving in terms of your general you know your vulnerability in terms of the attention and the love um but i would say something that if you feel internally that you can't give anymore and you you don't want to give anymore um please don't continue that relationship and pretend like you're okay because that's the worst thing you could do for the relationship so be honest with yourself when you can't give anymore be honest with yourself when you reach that point because sometimes it's not meant to be that's okay that's your prerogative but when you're in it be in it 100 percent you need to feel nourished by it absolutely uh, when you're in that relationship as well and to kind of um be there but you know for, for those who um have maybe haven't thought about it be there for your partner hear them out um see them do things for them that maybe you think to yourself you know well um i'm not that excited about doing that but do it for them exactly because exactly. they're excited by it and and trust that they will fulfill your needs but you also need to fulfill theirs and, and they matter and tell each other and and talk to each other about it <laughs> forget don't forget your state of the union meetings and we were just saying actually interestingly off air if you kind of have that time together every day for example if you go for evening walks yes. uh every day together that the weather's fantastic for that right now you get to talk and there's no distractions there's no phones there's no tv there's nothing so you just spend that time you walk you talk 
and then it makes a state of the union kind of less necessary. Yes, because you give in in small ways every day. You know, for couples who find it really difficult, yes, maybe you you carve out time twice a week, but I think that's only the first step. The eventual goal is that you do it in different ways every day and you don't need something prescriptive. You you actually just want to make that time naturally. It doesn't have to be on a diary. I love it. I love it. Amazing. Thank you so much, Dr. Sheeta Alkini. Uh, we're going to so have this conversation up on the podcast so <laughs> you can listen back to it if you missed any of it because amazing advice. <laughs> Great advice. We're coming up to Valentine's Day as well. Oh, that's right. So, you know what? <laughs> Maybe it's time to kind of put it all into practice. A good time to do it uh, with your partner. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.